Welcome to the Product Power Up Podcast, where you'll learn how to take every aspect of your product business to the next level. From product design to sales, crowdfunding to retail, operations to marketing, we talk about it all. Now, let's power up your business. Here are your hosts, Emerson Hammer and Russell Steed. Hey everyone, welcome to another Product Power Podcast, and we're excited to have Joshua Raw with us today. Uh, Josh and I go back a while, probably what, Josh, maybe two years or so, maybe. Yeah. Um, Josh reached out to me, kind of talked to him about, uh, he does a Amazon management. Actually, Josh, you know more about yourself. I'll let you do your your intro um, and kind of uh, get into it to you and, uh, and your Amazon business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on board. Uh, super happy to chat about it. I'll give you a little intro to my background and how I got into this, but functionally, we run an Amazon management agency for... Uh, retail brands that are in the, like sort of that two to fifteen million dollar category, who you know they they lack the time, the expertise to to manage their Amazon channel internally, uh, but they're not quite big enough to be able to afford to have an entire in-house team. So we basically act as sort of their Amazon arm. We have a, a set of compliance experts, ad experts, um, content experts, everybody on staff to sort of help them succeed on Amazon. So that's our elevator pitch in a nutshell. I got into this business probably five years ago. I started selling my own products on Amazon. It was right at the start of the FBA craze, and I was developing like garden hoses and you know those exp- uh, you know those ex- hoses that you uh, you turn them on and they expand from like oh yeah yeah. yeah 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 so like I was like I was buying those, making tweaks on the design, sending them to China, saying hey, can you do this? Can you make this for me? And then getting those products, and we launched our brand and. We sold on Amazon for several years and then eventually we're like, hey, do we want to keep building brands or do we want to partner with brands and help them build their Amazon channel? Mm-hmm. Uh, we made the pivot to the agency model and I've really loved it. I love helping people and seeing people succeed. So it was just like a good personality fit for me. I'm not as directly involved with my clients anymore. I mean, we still have great conversations and I help them out, but you know, obviously our customer success managers take care of them. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so we pivoted the consulting model. I haven't turned around since. We've loved it. Uh, our clients are happy. We're happy. We're growing. And uh, I just love being in this industry and I love helping people. So that's basically that's awesome. my background and how we got to where we are. That's, that's cool. Great. So I get, you talked about, so your first product was a hose then. Like yeah. A, a gardening hose. I think that's like, that's kind of funny because like, it's uh, I think I kind of had a similar realization where when I was a kid, I thought like, okay, to start your own business, you're going to have to like create like the new car or like something big, some mm-hmm. crazy, like innovative thing. And my mom today, I was talking to her and she was like, you know, I'm surprised that like, you're doing well in business, but like, I thought you were going to like change the world. And I was like, uh, I mean, I'm not doing anything like magically like big, like I was into magnets as a kid and I was like, I want to create like a magnetic motor. And my mom's like, you're going to be this crazy engineer and you're going to solve like like you're going to create an everlasting fuel source or power source. And now I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just helping people ship stuff in boxes. <laughs> like, I mean, it changes the world a little bit by, you know, like saving money and stuff like that. But, uh, and now it's wow, geez, like, thanks mom. I know. Well, I, like, I thought you were going to do way more than <laughs> yeah. you're doing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out the magnet perpetual motion. <laughs> Apparently it's impossible, but I think like, what you're saying is like innovating on a small hose, but like how that can make a huge <laughs> difference at the same time. So I guess like out of curiosity, like what were the innovations you were making to a, a garden hose? You, you seem like you already took an innovative, like the shrinkable hose, I guess. What were some other innovations you were doing to a, to a garden hose? Yeah, so we actually, we were looking at the reviews and loads of the reviews. This is still early stage when I think the product was first invented. There was loads of like complaints about like, oh, it breaks. It can't handle different temperatures. And so we were trying to figure out like, okay, well, if we tweak the plastic, like can this work in a place like Chicago where it gets freezing over uh freezing in the winters or can this work in a place like Florida where it's going to be out in the sun laying out in somebody's yard all day long like what kind of mm-hmm. you know I remember like learning about like denier I guess which I think you guys are probably even better than me now but it's kind of like the, the material or the material thickness and things like that so we were just really trying to make a better more reliable product but I mean isn't that how like everything's created right like I didn't mm-hmm. come along and make the best way of selling on Amazon like I took courses did it myself and then kind of optimized from there uh, so, you know, and I mean, that's how just everything good in life works. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's cool. And it's crazy how you can like geek out on like something so simple as a garden hose. Though. Like, I'm sure that took you hundreds, if not thousands of hours thinking about a garden hose. So now when you go to the store, you think like, wow, this little like rubber doorstop took a guy thousands of hours to like yeah. figure out the perfect angle or whatever on that doorstop. Um, 
So that's also awesome. that's a, it's, it's a fun part of product innovation and just business and innovation and that creativity of it. That's that's awesome. Did you have oh, any yeah. other Did you have any other products that you launched? Do you have like a big catalog, or did you focus in like one space? Or I guess when you had your own products, what what did it look like? Yeah, it was home and garden, and uh, so we were basically kind of looking at we did like garden hoses, shovels, uh, rakes. So we weren't taking like crazy like. To Emerson's point, we weren't reinventing a wheel. We were just trying to make a better wheel um, at the time. So it was no automated products, all uh, uh, all non-electronic, basically home and garden stuff. So like those little shovels, you know, that your grandma might use, making a more ergonomic grip for you know elderly people. Uh, you know, making little benches for elderly people so they can sit down when they're gardening. Little foldable, lightweight, you know, strong enough to keep them up, but you know, not too heavy to carry. Things like that. So, yeah, we were just developing like all these kind of uh, uh, iterations on existing. You know, the shovel's probably like the oldest instrument on time, right? <laughs> uh, just making iterations on that. So, yeah, that's basically how we're building out our brand. How'd you guys identify those items? Were you just like going through Amazon and, and doing that? Did you use certain tools that helped you identify the need or, or the, you know, the reviews or the sell through rates on, on certain products? Yeah. So this was five years ago. So Helium 10 and Jungle Scout, those guys were still early iterations. Like I think it was right about the time where I remember Jungle Scout doing like the Greg Mercer doing his million dollar case study with the bamboo sticks uh, mm -hmm. back then. And, uh, we were finding stuff kind of old school, basically just going through existing products and reading negative reviews. Um, so just like, hey, what makes this product suck? Can we make it better? Um, and honestly, at its heart, really, that's just listening to your customers. So I think, I mean, that's just good business practice for anybody. Not like we were doing anything brilliant, but if you can go out and figure out what's broken and fix it, I mean, that's just a, a no brainer. So yeah. you, you mentioned Jungle Scout, Matt. Can you kind of expound, expand a little bit on what Jungle Scout is and People are interested in the Amazon world. Is that a tool you actually use or very similar tools like that that you use in the Amazon world? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been an explosion. And if we're going to talk about changes in Amazon, there's been an explosion in software data providers for Amazon. Uh, just in terms of like anything, any data you want to scrunch from Amazon, there's a provider out there that can share it with you. Jungle Scout started out sort of as a training course. They were basically, hey, this is how you sell on Amazon. Uh, but now they offer fully fledged software that can tell you the reviews of like all your competitors' products, you know, the prices. I mean, pretty much any data point that you can think of on an Amazon detail page or listing, uh, somebody like Jungle Scout or Helium 10, those are probably the two biggest, can provide. And they're relatively cheap. I mean, you know, software as a service built once, sell a million times. So these services are mostly run at like 100 to 200 buck a month range. So for anybody looking to be seriously selling on Amazon, uh, these tools can be a big help. I would say look at Jungle Scout, Helium 10, and then the last one would be Keepa, K-E-E-P-A. Okay. So as you kind of summarize, so those are tools. They basically, you, they kind of suggest what products you should sell or what you're kind of looking to sell. They'll say, hey, if you're looking to sell a garden, garden hose, this is what you're going to be competing against, essentially. Is that kind of the, the gist of those softwares? Yeah, yeah. So they can do that. So if you say, hey, show me all the garden. Let's let's take an expandable garden hose. So you could go to Helium 10 and say, hey, show me what shows up for expandable garden hose. And they'll say, hey, here's a whole first page for expandable garden hose. Here's how much each person's selling. Here's the average price point. Here's our average review. Uh, here are the reviews. So you could basically say, okay, if I'm going to sell an expandable garden hose, the market on Amazon right now is... $29.99, everybody's got four and a half stars plus, uh, you know, and the reviews are just uh, through the roof, right? Like most people are generally positive on these products. That's gonna be a really hard market to enter unless you can significantly price lower, et cetera, et cetera. So it really helps you doing competitor research. They also have tools that claim to sort of help you find niches that are untapped and you can utilize those, but I just think nothing really beats a little bit of logic and common sense. So I would say utilize those and then do your own kind of, uh, sanity check like mm -hmm. okay it's recommending me sell uh i don't know rivets to uh, i don't know mechanics like is there truly a need here like go out and validate first um you know by doing a little bit extra research but yeah they also offer that as a service too got it that's so cool now that we're while we're talking about kind of software so that's if somebody's like looking to get into amazon and don't doesn't have a product that might be a software that they would use now yep. maybe looking at a brand who already has a product hasn't launched on amazon yet would that be would those be tools that they would give them value or are there other softwares that would give them more value if they're looking at amazon with their own pre-built product 
Yeah, those tools try to try to be a, a be all for anybody that's looking to sell an Amazon product or no. We utilize those tools and a couple other um, a couple other reporting softwares like Merchant Spring. Uh, that's more on the back end of my can selling what's going on. I need to tell the story. But the Helium Ten and Jungle Scott, even if you're an established brand, can provide value for you. Um, like we use them when we're helping clients decide whether or not to bring one of their products or a product line to Amazon, because obviously you have to do a little bit of market research. You know, if a client's product's priced at $200 and the market's at $100 and there's not much demand or, you know, there's no demand for a premium product in that category, we might just advise against it. Uh, I try to be as objective as possible. So even if, if you're if you're running a brand out there and you're thinking, hey, I've got my product, should I be on Amazon? Definitely take a look at the market first and those tools would be really helpful. I mean, they're super cheap for the value that you get. Yeah, yeah, it's better. Yeah, I could see that being like, okay, I shouldn't go on Amazon and waste the next three months trying to make it work, you know, yeah. uh, instead of uh, just passing on it or maybe maybe even just developing a, like a maybe a more price sensitive or a slightly different variation of my product that I could put on Amazon or something like that. We've actually, yeah, and on that note, we've had some clients have really good success with doing Amazon specific products. So basically they take their existing brand and we do a deep dive into the market with them uh, in like sort of a complimentary product or a supplementary product or just their product with some tweaks. And you can really hit the market hard because you have all this power of the brand name, their production uh, capabilities, et cetera, all set up to go. We make a couple of tweaks, get the right price, launch on Amazon, and we can be really successful. So when uh, you just, say, sorry, when you say no. complimentary product, is it like an entry product? So like, for example, you know, somebody who's selling a <laughs> you know travel gear, they sell a like a lock or maybe just like an accessory that would then introduce them. Like, do they use that as like almost kind of like a loss leader to bring people into the brand through Amazon and then bring them over to their website or how does that look? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the strongest way to really tackle Amazon is to people come to Amazon with such strong purchase intent. I think the best way to tackle it is to provide a product that will purchase and add value for the customer right there. And that you yourself as a brand owner or a brand manager can be profitable on. So I don't see a lot of value and uh, loss leading on Amazon um, just because it takes so much. Uh, there's obviously a, a capital cost to building up your brand. Uh, I'm sorry, building up your listing on Amazon, getting traffic to it, getting it to rank highly enough to where you don't want to spend all that money just on a loss leader product if you can't own that customer at the end of the day, which on Amazon, they do make it somewhat difficult to own the customer's information at the end of the day. So now you've just built up a loss leader product that you hope will redirect to your website. And we can dive into website redirects, like that's definitely a strategy, but it's a little bit more complicated and not super consistently reliable as your website. I would say loss leaders for your .com and then look at Amazon more for, hey, this is you know the right product and the right fit. Interesting. Yeah, that so, makes sense. So on that brand, I mean, I've talked to a couple of people that are like, hey, the branding issue is a big issue for them on, on Amazon. They want to own that customer. They want to own that information and everything like that. So I guess maybe on, on twofold, um, how, how big does brand actually impact on Amazon? Like if I go and I want to sell 10 different items, should they all be in the same category? Like, do I need to have like the same customer base or if I'm doing multiple things, on um, different things, like I'm doing a light and then I'm doing a garden hose and then I'm doing a car accessory or something like that. Is it because if, if I'm just trying to make money on Amazon, is that the way to do it? Or is it like, Hey, this is my brand. This is Emerson's electronics or I don't know. Sounds, actually, it sounds like a good name. I might. Oh, wait, Emerson Electronics actually is a thing. That's why it sounded so good to me. Okay, now I, yeah. you know, I had an Emerson radio growing up just because yeah. that's my name. So I felt a little cocky. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, so if you create a, uh, should you create a brand on Amazon? Is that the place to do it? Or is it just like, hey, we're going to sell products, not the brand experience necessarily, because you're more prone to Amazon brand. Or how, what's, what's your take on that? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I I prefer going deep over going broad because there's there's such a capital cost to getting a listing up, running, and effectively selling that you really want to make sure that you're you're pushing successful products or push putting your time and your capital into products that have a high level or a high chance of success. You know, not every product launch succeeds on Amazon. Uh, I know uh, uh, I forget who mentioned it the other day on LinkedIn. It might have been Steve Pope or. One of those guys, but they were like, look, we, we fail on 40% uh, of our new product launches on Amazon. Like those are a surprisingly high number, I think, yeah. what most people expect. So it's like, if you're going to invest all that, you really want to nail that niche. And I think to nail a niche, you really have to be, uh, to know your products, like really be focused on electronics 
and then really building out sort of your, your bubble there. And the way you build out your bubble is let's say you create a listing, right? You're still able to cross sell, upsell and have a storefront. So let's say you're selling Emerson's electronics and you're selling a radio, right? But you also sell like a radio antenna. You can cross sell that on your radio listing. And if you're able to do it well enough, Amazon will eventually put the radio antenna into what's called frequently bought together status, which just drives loads and loads of additional cross sells. So there's ways to sort of get that customer to make multiple purchases from you. So that's why I say like, hey, go deep in the niche, own the complementary products versus doing a light bulb and a fishing rod. Gotcha. That makes sense. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say that the, in that case, it's not necessarily the brand name, but just kind of the category and the the product offering that's more important? Yeah, I would say uh, category and product offering are number one. Um, if you're in a... Uh, but, but there's still like a halo effect, right? So like, if you look at like an awesome brand like Nomadic, for example, right? Like people recognize their backpacks, they want a Nomadic backpack. Um, but you'll see, you know, by building out your brand on Amazon or building out your .com, that you are going to see additional traffic on the other channels uh, just because of that brand recognition and people searching Nomadic. And you can watch that. You can actually watch your search volume go up for your brand over time on Amazon, utilizing those tools that I talked about earlier. So let's say, you know, you launched Nomadic five years ago, 10 people were searching Nomadic. Now I'm sure there's thousands of people searching for Nomadic products on Amazon. And that's why I think Amazon gets even more important as your brand grows, because you don't want people to search Nomadic products on Amazon, you not be there. Uh, I'm trying to think of another backpack company like Janssen or something, right? Or Jansport's there. uh, And then they steal that customer away from you. That's why it's so key. I remember five years ago, slight tangent. I mean, five years ago, you know, we were running when we, I would be talking to people and they're like, you know, some of these established brands and they're like, no, we don't want to do Amazon. Like it's too hard to control. It's not worth our time. We do so much through wholesale and we do so much uh, through our distributors. And now it's like, you know, distributors are going out of business overnight, you know, and everybody's like, oh, scram-. I mean, a couple of years ago, they were scrambling to get on Amazon. Now most of the brands have got to figure it out, but there's, you got to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 That's, that's interesting because I, I've heard that like, ah, you know, Amazon just doesn't make sense for us. Or like, we're not going to be on Amazon, but it's almost like, it's it's kind of like what social media was for a little bit where it's like nah, we're not gonna be on facebook but now it's like if you don't have a facebook or an instagram it's like are you even a business you know yeah. <laughs> so amazon so it's kind of going that way where it's like are you do you even have a product if it's not on amazon <laughs> yeah uh, yeah legitimizes it for sure i feel uh on on that route as far as like being a business on amazon on your website um are there specific products though that for a brand they should they should have on amazon and maybe there's some that shouldn't be on amazon I've been kind of surprised right now. I'm looking at some real estate deals and there's like prefab kits on Amazon of like houses. So I'm like, who's paying $30,000 for this log home kit on Amazon? Does that actually Dude, happen? I guess 5% that back, you get it on the yeah. Amazon card. Like that is a <laughs> smart decision right there. How does their refund policy work? I mean, everybody knows Amazon searches for the refunds. Maybe return them a house and you're like, ah, I don't want to live here. <laughs> no, I guess, but, uh, yeah, seriously. Um, so for me, I think I'm like, dude, these guys, I'm not sure if they're geniuses or they're idiots. Um, like people are buying houses. Is this a new real estate? This is the new Zillow is, is Amazon. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I mean, are, maybe they're doing it for a marketing purpose where they're like, okay, like it obviously is a two day shipping, unfortunately for a house. Uh, but uh, <laughs> can you imagine FBA requirements for that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drone, drone strike. Yeah, that's it. Uh, um, but so I guess on that though, is like, is there maybe, I guess maybe taking that example, are there some products on there that I doubt that companies actually ever expect? I wonder what their sales, especially look on Jungle Scout or something like that and say like, hey, did they actually sell any of these houses? Um, or is that more of like, hey, that maybe is a marketing tool because they're not really expecting to sell a house on Amazon or some type of maybe a bigger price product. Um, are there some products that you're just like, hey, they may not work on Amazon, but you can list them for other reasons maybe then? Um, or there's some products just like, hey, don't even worry about if it's above this price point. You probably it's probably not your niche necessarily. What's your what's your take on products to list or even not to list? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, jumping back to my initial one, I would say keep your loss leaders on your .com, but I would also say customize products specifically for Amazon to hit your niches. Um, and then in terms of just kind of, hey, what can you bring? What can you not bring? I think or what works and what doesn't work for products. Uh, it's, it's a really broad question, but one thing I think you'll be surprised is there's a lot of niches out there still that have great selling products, not a lot of competition that people haven't just, just haven't tapped into or haven't found yet. And these niches pop up all the time and Amazon becomes a great place to sort of, Hey, 
I think that there's future opportunity here. I want to be a first mover. I'm going to get out there and start selling these. And I'll give you guys a great example. So uh, I don't know if you guys are big into crypto. Your audience doesn't have to be. But basically, with crypto, you have a password to your wallet. It's a bunch of numbers. It's like, you know, ladder, anchor, holidays. It's just a bunch of words, right? And basically, let's say that you're, that's your passcode and you want to store it offline. Instead of writing it down on a, on a piece of paper that you can lose or whatever, you can buy a little metal piece of metal and it comes with a bunch of letters and numbers to it. And you can just slot those letters and numbers basically like Scrabble and write your secret code in this metal wallet. It can't be destroyed, whatever. You could go put it in a, in a box at a bank and, and you, know, you know it's going to last for years there. Or you can put it in your wallet, et cetera. So this is kind of like a weird niche product, but I went on Amazon the other day and there's like two top sellers or there's two guys selling this and they're selling like hotcakes. There's loads of room for new entrants into this market and it's just a, it's just a new product. So if I was like looking at new products, I'd be like, hey man, I'm going to go make this and, and see if I can improve like we did before, prove on what's broken or what the negative reviews say and launch our product here. So like, I just kind of wanted to give you an example of a product that you wouldn't necessarily think of. That's yeah. kind of like in that niche of Amazon, it's just doing great. Uh, but it's hidden, you know, there's not a lot of competition in there. On the mm -hmm. other hand, if you're selling something super generic, avoid Amazon at all costs because the Chinese companies will just underprice you uh, and just drive you into the ground. If you're trying to go on Alibaba and just buy, uh, I don't know, let's say uh, a water bottle, right? Like just buy another water bottle and launch it on Amazon, you will 100% I guarantee you failure. Uh, there's just so many water bottle companies on Amazon. Yeah. You'd have to have a huge iteration like, you know, Bluetooth tracking, which I actually, I think there is one that does, oh, no. by the way. Um, but yeah, so on one hand, go find those targeted niches where, you know, like the crypto bros want to have this hardware wallet. It's kind of different, unique, and highly avoid sort of the Me Too products. And uh, you'll definitely find a lot of success. For that. <laughs> Hashtag Me Too movement. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. water bottles. So <laughs> I guess to dig into that a little bit deeper, like when you shouldn't sell on Amazon, say I've got a, a you know, my own um, online store or Shopify, whatever, it's selling just fine. But is there ever beyond like it being too saturated on Amazon? Is there ever a, like a, a situation where you'd say nah, that just doesn't make sense on Amazon, whether it be margin, whether it be marketing, whether it be like, does Amazon just not allow it on, mm -hmm. on their platform? Like what, what kind of things do people need to think of before they just jump into it or try to go down that road? Oh yeah, uh, I can think of two quick examples that are fun and completely different. One is premium products where your value prop is just your brand name, uh, unless you're Nike, that doesn't work on Amazon. Um, in other words, let me give you an example of like, uh, I sell a water bottle that instead of being made out of plastics, made out of titanium, uh, you know, and we charge you three X for it, but there's really no value prop to it. It's just kind of a cool factor. Uh, that kind of stuff just, it just doesn't do well on Amazon. Because you got to think about it on Amazon, you can't target, you can't go out and target a demographic. So you can't target 18 to 24 year old uh, guys that visit males that visit crypto websites all the time, right? You have to target based on what information they're giving you through search. So if nobody's searching for a cool titanium water bottle, you're just going to get crushed. Um, so I would say premium products with no, you know, with a value prop that's just cool or not easily definable and quickly. It's like a status uh, thing and not necessarily like a. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you're totally spot on with that. Those products do terribly on Amazon. On the other end of the spectrum, you're kind of asking like, well, what's allowed and what's not allowed? One big thing that I think will be a future opportunity is CBD. So CBD obviously is kind of like hit its peak and maybe it's coming down as like everything was CBD for a while there. Yeah. Um, and Amazon didn't allow it, still doesn't allow it. Now, you you know, you can buy hemp oil, but you can't buy true cannabidiols. Uh, if they ever open that up, I do think that there will be something of a resurgence there because there's just, mm -hmm. I mean, there's still volume being done in the CBD sector, right? It's not what it was at its peak, but it's still there. Amazon's not offering it. There's a new space that you could jump into once Amazon turns the lights on for that. Interesting. Um, so on that, then uh, there's a, a ton of stuff to do, not to do on it. With those products, though, like what what would make a good listing stand out? So say you do do the Bluetooth water bottle. That's probably the worst case scenario. Very saturated. Yeah. Um, what would make it be like? Okay, this is going to get you ranking. What are the, if it's just search terms? you're just bidding just doing a ppc on that just like hey i am water bottle i'm spending like ten dollars on water bottle now or something or, or what helps those rankings and, and things like that to get a good listing 
Oh yeah, I love this question because uh, it's something I've been preaching for a while. So it's it's visuals, it's images and videos. Uh, if I if you told me, hey Josh, okay, so there's there's a couple things you can put in your listing, right? You have your title, your bullet points, your images, your video, and then this whole section where you kind of tell your story that's called A plus content. If you told me, Josh, hey, you can only do one thing and everything else on your listing has to be blank, I wouldn't even have a title. I would just have images because everybody hits those images and goes through the images and expects to be told the story and the value prop of the product in the images. People don't read. I mean, I'm scared for our future kids, right? Like <laughs> people just don't read. And it's, uh, I mean, it's just nuts. Like if you're talking about something and it takes you more than, you know, five characters, it's just, it's gone, right? Like the, the customer's gone. And on mobile, Amazon mobile now, they have this feature where it used to click on the listing and then you go through and you'd swipe left and right of the images. Now, when you search, you don't even have to click on the listing to swipe through the images. You can swipe through the images right on the search page. Mm -hmm. So if I'm scrolling down and I'm just swiping through some of these images, you better tell me that that water's that water bottle's Bluetooth, that it's gonna help me hydrate more, that I'm gonna be fitter from it, and all my value props in those images. So images are That's key, don't skip. Yeah, I, lo I love that because, so one thing that we did, we, we noticed that the conversion rate when you look at just a normal e-com store versus Amazon, Amazon conversion rate is obviously going to be higher just because it's high intent people going uh, to Amazon. So if they see your listing, they're in the market and they're, they're, they're there because they want to buy. And so yeah. we, we kind of just took, uh, uh, basically we looked at our Amazon listings like, Hey, why is the conversion rate so good? What, what does Amazon have? What are we doing on Amazon that we're not doing on our website? And images were the big one. Like, yeah. So we looked at it and we said, okay, almost everybody, like the first image, yeah, it's product. <laughs> but after that, it's like an infographic. So you got, like, if you got 10 features of your product, you got 10 images selling every feature of that product yes. in an image. And no, I, I can't tell you the last time I actually read the description on a product on Amazon. So it's mm -hmm. all done in the images. So we took that, adapted it, put it on the carousels on our website, on our Shopify store, and we saw an, an increase in the lift in our uh, conversion rate. Like, pretty quick. So we made yeah. a few changes at the same time. So it's hard to say exactly what the lift was, but we saw probably a, you know, at least a 10 to 15% increase in our conversion rate just by making a few changes. And I'm, at, and I'm, I'm, I'm of the belief that a lot of it were, were those images just because people don't read. They, if it's yeah. four words, they'll read it, they'll skim it. It's just our generation. We just don't like reading. We like skimming. We, and give me four words, I'll read it and I'll look at the picture and then I'm sold, you know? So it, we see that even on just your e-com store, not even on Shopify. Like that's, I think that's a good, a good point to, to, to drive home across the board. And, and a question on that with, for you little marketers, you know how I feel about marketers. You guys are <laughs> always, always pitching me and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but on, on that note though, um, I noticed Amazon has like the world's longest titles of products. Is that, do, I'm not sure, is that a good practice or a bad practice? I always find it kind of funny. Like when, when, when I see that come through, I'm like, wow, that is like, a full on sentence and it doesn't make sense. It will say like light bulb with wires with connects to a house. Like, like what the freak does this mean? Green, like, it's the green blue, orange, you know. Yeah. yeah. And they have like any word that could possibly somehow be correlated to light bulb yes. uh, in that description. Is that, it, I'm assuming that's something of the ranking. Is that a good practice or a bad practice? I didn't notice it before. Like when I'm on Amazon, I actually don't notice the product name, I think as much as I do the image. Yeah. Um, but is that something for a ranking? I'm assuming is it good to have the craziest is that are we playing a game who can make the craziest name of a, of a product out there or what's what's going on with that well so it used to so amazon doesn't tell us what how their algorithm works right because then everybody would just try to game it and we still try to i don't want to use that word because <laughs> you know they tell you you're not supposed to but yeah obviously we're all still trying to figure out hey how do i rank higher and so right. for a while super long titles with those seo stuffed uh keywords used to work you know like light light bulb four lights whatever um Whereas now we're seeing shorter titles work, convert higher, and it doesn't seem to impact your rank as long as you have those keywords in your bullets, your description, mm -hmm. et cetera. In other words, Amazon seems to have taken away some of the title weighting uh, to the keywords in the algorithm. But now test this because when Amazon does things, they change things, they'll change things by category, et cetera. So it might be different for you. Mm -hmm. But what's great now is on Amazon, you can A-B test. So you can A-B test your titles, uh -huh. your main image, and your A-plus content. So if you're if you're running a long if you've been running a long title for a while, go out there and A/B test a short title. I'd be willing to bet that you'll probably have better conversion rates and more sales, uh, and you probably won't lose ranking on those keywords as long as they're 
uh, replicated somewhere else in your listing. So I, I know what you're saying, Emerson, like it's still out there and you'll probably see it for a while, but I think Amazon's actively trying to discourage that and you'll probably see shorter titles start coming up. Uh, I always wonder who these these algorithm dudes in the back end are just like, nah, not important. Now we'll make some up. Like everyone's doing well, really well. Let's make an update. Let's, let's screw everyone over. It's just oh, like yeah. all the, the changes in it. But it has been interesting, um, kind of going back to kind of the beginning when you talked about your first product like five years ago with Jungle Scout doing the bamboo, uh, make a million tests. I was doing something at the same time and I tried selling um, Bistro Lights. Um, it's kind yeah. of like the product I came up with. I failed terribly because I was lazy and I did... Um, Amazon merchant or whatever, I'm sure they're still doing it where you sell it to Amazon, that Amazon manages the listing and everything like that for you, whatever yep. that is. Uh, it took me like, I bought 10 units. It took me like a year to sell those 10 units. And I was like, screw it. <laughs> it took like a year to make 20 bucks. <laughs> not worth it. Um, but it's interesting. I still like kept, I'm not as involved with Amazon anymore, but it's been interesting to see um, how new a lot of the stuff is and how innovative it is. And you need to stay on top of it because before like that A plus content, that wasn't a thing five years ago. Um, and now you're saying like, Hey, Amazon searches, like you can search not even by words anymore. You can search by images now. Um, so I'm assuming that's going back to you saying like, make sure you have good images. I'm assuming that's what triggers Amazon image searches. I'm assuming. Um, so there's a lot of like things to, to keep up with the transitions updates. What's the way, I guess two, two questions on this is, is there like an Amazon newsletter people in the Amazon world should be like subscribing to like, Hey, here's all the updates for things to look out for. Um, and then I guess that's the first question. So I guess, how do you, how do you stay up on up to date with these updates and how should someone stay up to date with all these, these updates going on with Amazon constantly? Yeah, that's a good question. And that leads into something. I mean, look, if you're running a brand and you're like, Hey, I want to launch on Amazon, I would say, don't pass it off to your head of marketing. Who's never sold on Amazon because no offense, Russell, not that they're killer marketers. <laughs> I'm There's offended. So many different... <laughs> Yeah, you're so many good. different facets of Amazon to stay on top of. It's crazy. I mean, we split our, even if you work with us, we split them into teams. Like we have an ad experts who just dives deep into ad and dives deep into content, like those images and stuff and compliance, et cetera, because just staying on top of the Amazon beast is, is a full-time job. And so just in terms of like, hey, I want to keep up with, you know, what people are doing. Come follow me on LinkedIn. I try to drop good advice on LinkedIn all the time. Um, but I'd also say checking the Amazon news widget, um, in Seller Central or Vendor Central, Amazon actually does do a pretty good job keeping you up to date there. Follow Marketplace Pulse. Go to their website, marketplacepulse.com. Um, it's Jason K's, I would say it's Jason K's website. He's on top of the news. He's got a great newsletter. He'll keep you up to date as well. Um, and then just going out there and playing with it. Like a lot of times, Amazon will release new features and not tell anybody. And sometimes you just be like stumbling through things in Seller Central and you're like, wait a second, brand analytics? What is this? Like brand analytics was like the quietest rollout I've ever seen. Uh, and you know, everybody knows about it now, but people, we were like, I'm in a mastermind group uh, with a bunch of other guys that, you know, sell on Amazon. And we were just like, hey, do you guys, do you guys find this? Like, and it was just an awesome value add for a while before everybody discovered it. Still a good value add, but you can be ahead of the curve there if you're just kind of digging through their tools on a repeated basis. And then also too, just to my uh, just to what I was doing, find other people that are selling on Amazon and just shoot the shit with them, you know, and just say, Hey, I see this, I see that, I see this, I see that. And that's been one of the best ways that I've stayed connected and on top of what's going on in the Amazon space. That's cool. Yeah. So you, you kind of hinted at this. So there's definite value as, as hiring an agency such as yourself to manage your um, Amazon. So when would you recommend that a company maybe not use an agency and when would you recommend them to actually use an agency? Yeah, I would say if you're doing less than a million in sales already on like your .com or whatever, you've got a little bit of growing to do. Focus on growing out your web sales, uh, maybe do the launch internally, maybe get one product on Amazon just to get a feel for how it goes. Um, and then build up your product and your brand and your audience and refine your product a little bit more. But once you're starting to do like 1 million plus, 2 million plus, maybe you're in that 2 to 25 million range where you're saying, hey, we're big enough to like, hey, we need to be on Amazon now. People are searching for our brand on Amazon and there's untapped opportunity on Amazon. But, you know, we don't have the time to go out and hire an Amazon expert. Or we can't find an Amazon expert to bring in-house. Uh, we have no way to sort of do that process. 
hire an agency, they're a great fit to help you kind of get from that, hey, get from five to 10 or five to 15 or five to 20, et cetera. Once you can start building out your own formal team in-house. But honestly, I mean, there's some big brands. I mean, even you guys uh, are a big brand that still utilize an agency. There's still value to be had from the agency, even if they're not doing managing your whole Amazon channel. Maybe they're just doing your advertising because it's such a specialized niche. So I really think that like there's sort of a bottom threshold that you need to get past to utilize the agency, but that you can probably get value from them as far as you grow. It'll just become more specialized the bigger you get. Yeah. And so just to just throw out there an example, like an agency like us, where we try to act as your right hand arm and manage the entire channel for you. We've niched down, you know, we have an ad expert, a content compliance and a, uh, an inventory, a demand planning expert on our team. And then they work within a team to work with you. So you kind of get like five experts at once for a cheaper price, whereas that might not be great for somebody like Nike, who's like, no, we need somebody who just does ads. We want them in-house or we want them, you know, on staff or on call or on retainer. Uh, just doing this that might you know what I mean so you're kind of in that like mid-tier range is really the, the best spot to get value from it yeah what I think is interesting is like kind of said like Russ may not be the right guy for Amazon like he, he knows web his, the, the website stuff like that's that's where his niche is I think a lot of times a lot of people cross-reference that and what you're saying is like hey we, we can manage our our website but then we can also do Amazon it's the same exact thing same process but it's, it's completely different I'm it's sure so you're running all the time so different so different yeah so I think there, there definitely is that that value, but definitely that investments like invest in your own team, invest in a, an agency that that has that diverse uh, offering that they have that they spend their whole time in it. And it's, that's one something just from like now. I mean, I'm 30 years old. I still think I'm just a new adult. I still feel like I'm 12 like all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's like kind of interesting. Like when as a kid, my like my dad would go to work and he works. He's in safety and risk management. And I'm like, how do you sit there all day for 40 hours a week? talking about safety to people like what how does that a job but people like geek out on that stuff and like how does like a certain specific niche like you're not just a marketer you're an amazon paid ads marketer in this like niche even like you can niche down but also how powerful that is as it like someone that's focused just on that one area kind of channel vision in their department and can just kick butt at that, that area it's, it's there's a lot of power into that so it's either if you're using an agency or you're doing it in-house just have someone niche down and just be an expert at that area um so I think that that's a lot of validity there. Not a marketer isn't a marketer in everything. There's definitely niches and channels for it. So I think that's a, a valid point for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many conversations I have with prospective clients that are like, uh, you know what, like I like your offering, Josh. Like it makes sense, but we're going to try to do this in house. And I'm always like, hey man, go for it. Like I, I hope you success. You know, follow me on LinkedIn. Ask me if you have any questions. I'll give you all the information you ever need. And then they come back a month later and they're like, okay, here, here's the keys. Like that happens all the time, like to the point where now when I hear it, I'm like, sure, go for it. Like, and I don't even mean it in a mean way. Like sometimes you have to try it out to know like, yeah. oh shit, this is way more complicated than I thought. Like I know marketing like left and right and I can design great infographics and images, et cetera, but Amazon keeps rejecting it and I can't figure out why. It's like, well, mm. let me show you, we've done this a million times. So it's just, yeah, <laughs> getting deep That's is awesome. just such good value uh, yeah. for Amazon. I love that. And uh, so I, we talked for quite a while and uh, th they're just kind of like two big questions that I want to ask. Um, how has, well, I guess it's one question with kind of two ends on it. How has Amazon changed in the past, you know, since COVID, you know, we're, here we are almost two years in. Uh, what are the biggest changes that you've seen over the past two years or even just over the past year with Amazon? And what are the upcoming changes that you kind of expect um, as far as what Amazon is doing, but also like your strategy and approach to Amazon? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think supply chain is one that affected everybody in the e-commerce world with COVID, right? And we saw that with Amazon as well. So there's really, I, I, I think that if we want to stay Amazon specific, I think advertising and the sort of change in the power of advertising and what you can do with advertising on Amazon has just changed exponentially. Um, you know, when we were, you know, you launch a garden hose five years ago, you'd be on the front page, uh, no problem, get customers, get reviews, everything would be moving. Nowadays, you, it's very much pay to play. Uh, Aaron Cordovez, uh, he's the founder of Zule Kitchens, which is like the top kitchen seller. He shared basically his income statement from his business the other day, and they're spending like 20% on advertising. Um, it's just a key line item that you have to have and anticipate uh, to spend on Amazon. And as far as like advertising changes go, like Amazon's just rolling out new features for advertising every day. You know, it used to just be, if you ever look at an Amazon page, you know, it's like product, 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 product. 
And then there would be a little label, sponsored, sponsored, sponsored. So basically, if I'm creating an ad on Amazon, I'm pretty much boxed into what Amazon allows me to do. Whereas now they're letting you create sponsored brand ads with unique creatives. So now you can like design your own creatives, which is just a huge change. Now they have demand side planning, you know, so where you can actually go out and retarget customers off Amazon. Like that's a huge change that we didn't have a couple of years ago. Um, being able to just audience target now versus just search target uh, is just a bit of big feature that they've rolled out. And there, there's just, there's tweaks like that coming into advertising. It just feels like every day now. So advertising, you can tell that Amazon's pouring a lot of efforts into making their advertising more efficient, helping you go out and get that customer uh, well. At the same time, advertising as a cost or advertising as a cost has gone up. So CPC's cost per clicks have gone up uh, significantly. And I think that's a result of uh, aggregators coming into the space, aggregators coming into the space, they're flush with cash. Uh, best way to grow a brand, let's double our ad spend. So CPCs go up. And then also I think just everybody recognizing that Amazon being a leader in this space and all these big established brands coming in. I'll give you an example, like in the soaps category, you know, we had a, a soap related client. And if you want to bid on soap, like hand soap, you know, you'd have to pay, you know, five, six dollars uh, a click because Dove was in there just blanket bidding 20 bucks on everything because they just want to own the front page and it's Dove, like they're advertising, you know what I mean? That's a drop in the bucket for their advertising budget. So advertising is super key. The cost of it's going up, but that doesn't mean you can't compete. You just got to own the right niches and get in the right niches, like hard you know, like a hardware crypto wallet, for example, where it's still not going to be saturated and you can still compete. So that's just been a big change that I've seen uh, in the past couple of years. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's smart because I remember the first thing I put on Amazon, I was like, I'll just put it on there and it's going to sell, you yeah. know, and I did, <laughs> I sold a few and then it stopped, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. You've got to put, you've got to, you know, like putting it on there is like getting, you know, like blowing on the tender to start your fire. Advertising is your gasoline. Like you got to pour some gas in there if you want to get it going. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that you, you shared that kind of the line item was like 20% because a lot of people are like, well, I'll put like 50 bucks in. It's like, well, if you're looking to make $10,000 a month on this, like you're going to have to, you know, bump that up, do, do a few thousand. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, there's a halo effect, right? So like, we know that advertising uh, sales can drive your organic rank. So spending on advertising will also drive your organic rank and increase your organic sales. And then if your overall sales increase on Amazon, that tends to bump up your website as well. Um, but at the same time, it's like, there is obviously some thresholds of like, well, I just, you know, if I spend infinitely, there's decreasing marginal uh returns from doing that so there is an upside don't just spend uh willy-nilly but there's definitely like budget in 20 percent uh, and i think you'll be you'll have a good estimate for success what's the kind of the key metric when you're looking and i don't know if you if you can or if you want to share this but um what's the key metric that you go off of on your amazon ads like you know for example with like facebook and google and that kind of thing we're looking at roas we're looking at cpms we're looking at that that kind of stuff is that it's very similar with amazon i honestly i've never played around with amazon ads so i i can't speak to that yeah i think if you have experience in ads and you come into the amazon space you could probably pick it up pretty quickly i imagine it'd be like you know a programmer switching from java to python the concepts uh, it's different nomenclatures, but the concepts are still the same, mm -hmm. right? So it's like you could definitely jump into Amazon ads and get after it. Uh, we use ROAS. Amazon uses advertising cost of sale, which is just the inverse of ROAS. So we still use that familiar metric. I always encourage everybody to look at total advertising cost of sale, which you know some people call tacos, um, which is basically <laughs> just, hey, because you have to factor in, if I make an ad sale, that boosts my organic rank. You know, I, you have to factor in that benefit. Furthermore, you could take it even a step further. And this is something I think people don't do on Amazon is look at uh, customer lifetime value. You have to back out that data. Amazon doesn't provide it, but uh, tracking that will definitely make your advertising spend look a lot better. But it also too makes a lot of sense, right? Like they're like, oh, you know what? I, I don't want to spend $3 on this keyword. It's too expensive. It's like, well, what if that customer buys 10 times that the keyword just got really profitable. So you definitely need to like pay attention to some of the more nuanced metrics to truly optimize your advertising well. Yeah, especially if you're like a consumable, like if you find a supplement, yeah, supplements just kill it, right? And yeah. uh, if you're a supplement and people like your stuff, they're gonna come back and buy. It's a little bit harder with a product where it's like your lifetime guarantee, you know, yeah. you should have it for five, 10 years and that gets a little bit more difficult. But yeah, the LTV yeah. is something that a lot of smaller brands don't look at. 
because right. maybe they don't they don't have the data behind it yet but it is something that as you kind of start graduating into those higher uh you know um i guess revenue tiers and you know over a million dollars ltv is definitely something you want to be looking at so that's a that's a great point yeah for some of those younger brands we're not like hey let's look at ltv first you know it's like hey let's just get some campaigns out there but for more established brands it's like yeah let's back into some ltv and see if we can tweak some bits here to get more efficient that's awesome amazon awesome. is a beast <laughs> not nice. count. I, do you uh, guys have 10 more so hours because yeah i know for real I, feel, I, I, I feel like we're just is. scratching the surface i've got like 10 questions like you just go so deep right there but yeah uh, we, we yeah. probably shouldn't i can yeah. start pulling up charts i mean i i geek out <laughs> over this stuff so well we'll probably yeah. have to have you back and maybe go you know yeah. as like people give us feedback on, on what they've heard what they'd like to know about amazon maybe we have you back and, and, and niche down into yeah. some of these uh, more specific things about amazon yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Like, I'm an open book, happy to share. Like I said, yeah, love to share. No, that's great. Um, so when we kind of wrap up our, our podcast, we kind of have three questions that we we ask our, our guests. Uh, we kind of hit a, a, through them a couple of times, actually, during the, during the podcast. Um, but if you were to start again, you start with your garden hose. If you went back, created a new product, what would you focus on? Would you be garden hose guy number two? Would you be the crypto wallet guy? What What do you think is your, your next Yeah, where would you go? Product? Golly, that's I, I feel so. You know, someone's gonna steal this idea. Our audience is gonna be like, Yeah, oh, that's what I'm giving going away. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I threw away my crypto hardware wallet oh, yeah. already. Like, I mean, <laughs> what an idiot. I should have seen that one for this question. I mean, I think that, like, I think, look, I think at the end of the day, like, great products come from people that have a burning need. And, like, I was looking the other day, like, um, so my wife, uh, we have a newborn, right? And so my wife is 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 breastfeeding, right? And so as you're breastfeeding, like it's, you don't want to be like holding the baby all the time. Like it's exhausting. Like, Hey, he's like 15 pounds now. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you're mm -hmm. bench press or you're pulling a dumbbell. You're, you know, you're doing your workouts. <laughs> you got a huge arm over here. Uh, he looks like Popeye, but you know, so you don't want to do that. So I'm like, ah, there's gotta be something that like holds you in place or whatever, you know? And so, mm -hmm. uh, there's this company called honestly bumblebee products that has a sling, uh, that's designed to just strap them in and hold them tight. So you can be hands-free while breastfeeding. I mean, that's just, just like such a great idea. And so I, I bought it right away. Right? Even I was like, dude, done. I want one. Um, and so like, if you're just living your life and thinking about great products where you can niche down or like you have a need that's a, a unique niche, like go out there and, and dev it up because it's never been cheaper or easier, supply chain issues aside, to dev up a product like overnight. I mean, imagine like five years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, you want to design something like you're like calling a manufacturer, you, you get your buddy that speaks Chinese to call a manufacturer <laughs> on the phone, you're faxing over and orders, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Whereas now you can flip out an email and get at least a prototype overnight, uh, mm -hmm. overnight at you. So it's just like, and I, I say go, you know, design something and go kind of like what I was talking about earlier, you know, 40% of new products fail. You won't know till you get them out there, pick like five and just run with it. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, maybe do a, maybe do a, uh, an improvement on the, the, the breastfeeding. I don't even know what it's called, but, you know, in my mind, I'm calling it the breast shelf. I don't know why, but that's what it's like. <laughs> <The> breast <laughs> shelf. I feel like might need some iterations on that. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm sure it's <laughs> trademark. That's a good idea. Probably someone's taking it. I'm pretty sure it's copyright. I think yeah. that's a bra, Emerson. It's more of a baby shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to start calling bras breast shelves from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Our wives are going to hate us. Yeah. Oh, man. They're going to listen to this. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh man, I love it. So what's the best piece of advice that you can give someone uh, that's starting other business right now? I would say prepare for a grind. I think that mm -hmm. when you come in, you've read a lot of information, having an idea is a very exciting thing to, to have. And you want to keep that spark alive, right? Um, but at the same time, like you've got to prepare just for like not seeing any results for a really long time. Like I was just telling you, know, while I was telling you guys, you know, for the audiences, uh, before we, we hopped onto this podcast, I was like, look, I really wanted to become a thought leader in the Amazon space on LinkedIn. I've been grinding away at it for six months. The first couple of months, I was talking to my mom, you know, I was like, hey, mom, here's some really interesting advice about Amazon, you know, and she goes over there and likes, you know, <laughs> it's like, I mean, that, great, that, great job, like, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting, honey. And it's like after a month of that, you know, I'm just like, ah, you know, like, this is tough. This is hard. This is not like. I'm not like Tony Robbins famous. Why is not, why am I not going on podcasts yet? Right. It's been a whole month. Yeah. 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 So it's just like, Hey man, keep the spark alive, but just be realistic, prepare for a grind, stick with it. You'll get somewhere. Uh, even if it's not where you want it to be, you'll at least have an outcome that you can talk about. It'd be a good story. Uh, so yeah, just stay encouraged. 
I love that. Um, Emerson shared a quote with me. What was it last week? Uh, from Brandon Turner. He's a kind of a bigger pockets real estate guy. Um, I love we're big fans. Big yeah, fans. We, we are big fans for listening. Big fans, man. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Turner, dude. I just bought a multi-unit. Let's. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's yeah. amazing. Maybe we'll have to start like a, a real estate, like want to be bigger pockets kind of thing. Yeah. But he, uh, they just do such a good job. But he uh, posted on Instagram, and Emerson shared this over with me. It's a quote by him that says, "I've built a lot of businesses in my life. The ones that worked had had one thing in common." I stuck with them long enough to get through the, it's no longer new and exciting, but, but it, yet it's still, oh, sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's no you longer new. It. I did botch it. Dang it. Maybe I'll just edit this out. Okay. Right. It's no longer new and exciting, but it's not yet successful period. That's the key. So it's like, I've been in this so many times. It's like, oh dude, this is amazing. And you, you just grind, 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 grind. And then you, it just gets tiring and then you're done. And then you just don't get it successful when you were like on the cusp of just yeah. taking off. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I listened to this Ted talk this month gave and he's like two mistakes people make when they don't hit uh, when it comes to hitting their dreams is one, they don't start and two, they, they quit. And he's like, <laughs> if you start and you don't quit, you're going to make it is basically the gist of it. I mean, we repeat it a million different times. It's, mm -hmm. it's such just good advice. I think yeah. uh, for anybody starting business. That's amazing. Uh, that's right. great. Yeah. Um, well, thanks Josh. Honestly, that's been amazing. There's been, a, it's been drinking from a fire hose. Uh, good information you've, you've given us uh i'm gonna go start an amazon business now so well, i'll hire you <laughs> yeah. put in my two, uh, i just put in my two weeks let's yeah, do we're doing yeah. it um i'm gonna make the crypto wallet and the, the bra shelf and or the, the brush shelf so <laughs> it's ready, yeah. it's coming out um yeah. but at the same time what's something that our audience can do for you are you looking for referrals are you hiring or what's something that our audience can can do to, to get back to you yeah, I mean, I'm always happy to talk with people. Like, if you just want to call and get sort of like a, you know, some people say, oh, it's a free consult or whatever. But if you just want to call and you're like, hey, I'm thinking about this Amazon, uh, just reach out to me, Josh, at goespark.com. That's goespark.com. Josh at goespark, reach out. I'd be happy to chat, uh, help you out. Uh, and then in terms of helping me, yeah, if you're building a brand and you're like, hey, I want to launch an Amazon, we've got an established brand, or hey, I'm on Amazon, but I just hate the way it's going, or it's stressing me out, or it's pissing me off. Like, I need somebody to handle this for us. Give me a call and I'd be happy to say, hey, this is how you can succeed. And then if you want to move forward, we can help you. If not, you know, I'm always just here as a great resource. Perfect. And then what's your what's your LinkedIn? You've mentioned it a few times. Where can we find you? Uh, Josh, uh, J-Raw, J-R-A-W-E, uh, Joshua Raw, uh, LinkedIn. I try to post there super regularly. Yeah, trying to build my audience, get past my mom plus my, you know, mom <laughs> plus 10. Your old, room, <laughs> your old roommate? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, exactly. Uh, but no, I try to just... I try to just dump lots of Amazon value ads there. So come give me a follow or connect or a shout. And I'll be happy to chat with you. That's awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. And you know, we'll probably see you again. Yeah, I hope so. I love, I love chatting Amazon. I love talking to you guys. It's been a blast. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to like, rate, subscribe, and visit us at productpowerup.com to join our community of entrepreneurs just like you.